of Pokemakers. I'm Professor Fierce. And I'm Professor Fierce. But if that's too confusing, you can call us Alex and JD. For some people, Pokemon are pets. Others use them for battles. We're here to create all new Pokemon and a world for them to inhabit. Last time, we talked about uh, another gym. We had Tom on from Green Mountain Mysteries, and he made a dragon-type gym and a Pokemon. Yeah, we made Pixigon and Pixihedragon, a Pokemon that starts as a little fairy that wants to grow up to be a powerful dragon and role plays as one. It's delightful. Who have we got on from Green Mountain Mysteries today, Alex? <laughs> Uh, no. What? You mean we can't just leech off the creativity and intelligence of others? We have to be funny and creative on our own? Oh, dear. <laughs> what are we going to talk about today? What's something that every Pokemon game has? Pokemon. Good point. They also have a villain team? Ah. A weirdly organized group of vandals? What would Pokemon be without organized crime? <laughs> So for the villain team, we'll be talking a lot about the plot and things at hand. So while there's a little bit of fame checker in there, we're going to head into Trainer's Choice. Let's have a brief rundown of villain teams of the past. Obviously, there's Team Rocket, mm -hmm. the most famous one, thanks to Jesse James and Meowth. They were generic crime gang. Yeah, they stole Pokemon. Yeah. Ruby and Sapphire did the cool thing where they had two different villain teams, depending on which game you're playing. Mm -hmm. Where one of them actually played the role of a heroic team, depending on your version. Team Galactic were Team Rocket, but slightly better and wanted to destroy the universe. Team Plasma were Peter. And some of the individual characters were like actually genuinely interesting characters. There's a grunt in that game who's more interesting than most characters in the first four <laughs> generations. Who's like questioning whether or not he should be bad. And... Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Gen 6 had Team Flare who were just the worst versions of Team Rocket and Team Galactic. They <laughs> didn't do anything unique or interesting apart from be really good at fashion by wearing bright orange jumpsuits. Yeah, Team Flare's whole deal was fashion. And they weren't very fashionable. No, they were bad. <laughs> now, Gen 7 though. Yeah. Gen 7 gave us Team Skull. Yes. Who were the best versions of Team Rocket because they were just they were kind of just generic crime gang, but they were hilarious. I love them. And you weren't supposed to take them seriously. They bullied a bus stop. I went to Comic-Con once dressed as a Team Skull grunt, and we met up with a bunch of other Team Skull grunts, and at one point we left the con to go stand around a bus stop and yell at it. <laughs> It's great. It was a really good time. Oh yeah, absolutely. But it also revealed the hidden real evil team was the Ether Foundation who wanted to do something. Ultra Beasts. Tear the fabric of reality apart? Lusamine wanted to look pretty by being a jellyfish. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. And she was just a bad mother. But she was the first ever villain team leader who was a woman. So That's that was fun. neat. That's fun. Gen 8 gave us Team Yell. And Team Yell are the ones that I love. They're not even villains. They're not remotely villains. They're like minor nuisances who are like, no, you can't come this way because I want Marnie to win. Yeah, they're just kind of annoying sports fans. But also, well, yeah, I mean, they're based on English football hooligans. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then also, like, they see a sleeping snake and they're like, this is precious. I must protect it with my life. No one make any noise. Stop making noise. <laughs> I mean, they're idiots. But yeah. then after you beat Piers and Marnie, they turn it around and they start rooting for you and helping you. And it's great. That is really nice. But then also there were Macrocosmos, I think is the name of Rose's organization. Mm. They're really not important. They're the, they're the actual villains in that they help Rose. Rose is the villain. So he wants to save the world by Destroying killing all the, the world. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> Not the cleanest. The introduction of Rose as a character, I knew straight away. <laughs> I was like, I do not trust this man. So, what kind of vibe do we want to go for for our villain team? Do we want someone else who arbitrarily wants to destroy the universe? No, I don't think so. No, that's boring and overplayed. Yeah. What if we do something fun and unique and interesting? Yeah. So I've been thinking about this a lot. We talked about the idea of some main themes being like choice in our storyline. And we've also talked about the idea of cryptids. We mentioned that we'll do like legendary Pokemon that are based on cryptids that are hidden. And I was thinking, well, legendary Pokemon usually tie into the plans of the evil team somewhat. Mm-hmm. So what goal would a legendary team seeking cryptids have? Well, why do people seek cryptids? They want to put them on show, on display, like King Kong. Well, who would be seeking out legendary creatures that are hidden and mysterious to put on display? And also that we would want to see being evil and in a villain role. And I think a really fun villain team concept would be a circus. Yeah. You've got the ringmaster as the leader of the team. Their main goal is they put Pokemon on display. Pokemon like, I don't know, maybe Popplio doing performances, the Pyro, mm-hmm. various Pokemon that you already know are animals that are used in circuses. Yeah, yeah. Specifically exploiting them for profit. Of course. Like, the whole point is that actually they're kind of skeezy and bad. Mm-hmm. And everyone probably kind of knows that, but it's it's like Team Galactic in Diamond and Pearl. Everyone knew they were kind of bad, but also they were on the surface a bit and they were just around. Yeah. Like real circuses. Yeah. You know it's it's skeezy. You know it's, it's kind of like gross. You know there's probably some animal cruelty going on but it still exists absolutely yeah and over time you expose that they're even worse than you thought and you take them down yeah so what do you think about the idea of evil circus team at first i wasn't into it because i really do not like the circus aesthetic Mm. and as the person who does all of the art for the (laughs) show i was like i don't want to draw circus people the stripes and the uh, the, uh, it's like not my vibe Mm. i don't enjoy it Mm. but i think that's kind of fitting for a villain team You're, you're not supposed to enjoy them. Yeah. Well, you enjoy them. Uh, you enjoy, You love to hate them, ideally. Yeah. But like I said with Rose earlier, I saw that person and I was like, this is a bad person. I yeah. do not trust him. And so much of the character design in that, he just has that vibe. And yeah. I feel like having that in, especially a villain team that maybe you meet early on and don't necessarily mm-hmm. know plot-wise that they're the bad guys immediately. Mm. You, you know that there's something off about them, maybe. Yeah. You'll know that they're not great. And I feel yeah. like a circus vibe for me does that. But also, like, visually, we can play around with that a lot. It doesn't have to look like one particular yes, thing. Yes, yes. The only thing I'm set on is the ringmaster. Yeah. The ringmaster look is great, especially yeah. for a villain. Like, I want that curly mustache. The I, top hat. The top like hat, the... the long red coat. Yeah. So we've got, the leader is ringmaster so-and-so. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the character's name is yet. I don't yeah. know if it matters that we come up with a name right now. Yeah. Tweet us if you've got a suggestion for an evil ringmaster name. Yeah. Many villain teams have had admins. I think they were introduced in Generation 2 because you didn't have Giovanni around. They didn't get names until Generation 4 when they came back in Heart Gold and Soul Silver mm-hmm. and they were made into characters. Team Aqua and Team Magma absolutely had admins that were like second in commands. Mm-hmm. Team Galactic had three separate admins. Team Plasma had the Seven Sages Ooh. who were different. So most of the time there is some kind of hierarchy. Yeah. There'll be middle ranking members of the team essentially mm-hmm. and they can get some sort of personality and whatnot. And then you can encounter them earlier in the game without necessarily encountering the leader of the team. Yeah. And I have some sort of thoughts on that Go actually. For it. Um I like that you 
mention that there was one that was like seven sages? Did they each have like yeah. a different vibe or different uh, theme or were they all just generic the same? The theming was pretty similar, but they were each a different color. Okay, that I can work with because I have a similar idea for that. Okay. So your grunts are going to be sort of generic. You got your clowns, your mimes. Yeah, I really like clown as the as the grunt. <laughs> yeah. Although I also kind of like acrobat. Yeah, yeah, like an acrobat, a juggler. Sure. Floor ground entertainers. Mm. Grunts, usually you would just have the one base. Okay, so if you want to just do all the grunts or clowns, we can work with that as well. But Maybe. my thought for admin specifically was mm. give them each like a different circusy thing. Yeah. Like I was thinking tightrope walker admin, yep. fire eater admin, mm -hmm. magician. Ooh, magician would be fun. Yeah. And then each of them, instead of having like the same generic Pokemon teams, yeah. give them each like a, a specific. Oh, absolutely. Like Pokemon yes. arrangement that matches them. Admins will typically have a signature Pokemon. Mm -hmm. They'll often be ones that are loosely tied in theme to the team anyway. Mm -hmm. We'll come back another time to talk a bit more in detail about that. Yeah, but that's sort of the concept that I have in my head. Yeah, no, I like it a lot. Yeah. Going back to the grunts for a moment, maybe it's like the male grunts are clowns, the female grunts are acrobats or something sure, like yeah. that. You would have a different design for each of them anyway. Yes, yeah, it yeah. It might yeah. typically be similar, but it could be divided up that way. Yeah, that's kind of what I think. You have like yeah. at least two different sort of variations. Yeah. Let's talk about places during the game you might encounter them. Now, we're going to talk more about the overall story next time, but we still want to like have some sort of concept along the way. Three or four major encounters with these guys, maybe random grunts here and there. I have an idea for a potential first meeting. Please. Okay, so this evil team's goal yeah. is to be like the kings of entertainment. Yes. They, they want to monopolize entertainment. Come yeah? and spend your money here with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I think that's kind of their big goal. Yeah. And you know, capturing a legendary Pokemon to put on display is their means to that goal. But I think you could also encounter them early on, maybe at the first gym, which we haven't decided what the first gyms are yet, but I'm thinking maybe like a small business, like a locally owned entertainment venue of some kind. And you meet them because they're arguing with the gym owner because they want to buy the place. Interesting. <laughs> and so they're trying to like take over these smaller businesses to create a monopoly. And I think that that could be a fun way to first encounter them. And obviously yeah. they're being denied. They're like, yeah, no, yeah. like I'm not going to sell my gym to you. I think uh, that kind of thing would be a good way to introduce them. I'm imagining in that encounter, you'd battle the grunts. Mm -hmm. You probably wouldn't even battle an admin at that point, no. but maybe the ringmaster is there as the one talking to the gym leader or whomever. And then they're like, oh, what's going on here? Why are you causing such a ruckus? And they present themselves as being nicer than their team. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry about my my employees here. They really shouldn't have been doing that. Yeah. Come along now, back to the circus. So the circus can be in town, but then you're not battling them at that particular yes. time. Yes. And then you go along the way and you meet them and encounter them at different yeah, performances yeah, yeah. and shows. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I really like the ringleader putting on this face of being yes. very professional. Oh, of course. When you encounter him later for like, you know, the big... Battle. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, behold this Pokemon that I got. When you fight him later, he's just the absolute worst. All of that decorum is gone and he's just a garbage human. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm here for it. I, th I think that's really fun. And the player watching is going to be immediately like, well, I know you're the bad guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said with Rose, that's yeah. okay. Yeah, Pokemon game are not known for having deep convoluted villains. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, behind the scenes. yeah. Again, Lusamine, I knew the moment I met her, yeah, but she was yeah. the villain as well. There's got to be an encounter where you battle them in their circus tent at some point for, yeah, for yeah, some yeah. reason before the final confrontation. Yeah. Maybe towards the middle somewhere. Yeah. Why would it be that you're going to be battling them in their tent at that point, do you think? Well, it could be. This was something that I was thinking about. We could give them a gym. Sure. That's a possibility. That hasn't been done since Giovanni, and I really like 
that. Give the circus team a gym, and like, their gym is just their circus tent, and that fits in yeah. with the vibe of the of the gyms that we've got. Yeah. Sort of like entertainment centers. So, like, they're generally a traveling circus, but this is their like base. This is where their circus was founded. Yeah. And they yeah, always yeah. have a home base here. Mm-hmm. And then so that gives you a reason to go there. That's also a fun way to tie them into the story, mm-hmm. especially if you're having them meet other gyms and they're trying to buy out a smaller gym. Mm-hmm. It's because they want to turn all the gyms into circuses. Yeah, and it's more they're already a part of the system, but they're trying to take it over completely. Yeah. And so they've wedged their way in there and they're just trying to extend their grasp, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So Giovanni's gym is the final gym in Kanto. It's the first one you see, mm-hmm. but the gym leader's not here right now yeah, because yeah. he's off trying to be evil. Yeah. The whole time you're going through, the gym trainers don't know who the gym leader is. Like, oh. Even when you're in there, they're not part of Team Rocket. Okay. So here, obviously, everyone involved is part of it. I don't want the leader of the gym to be the leader of the circus. I don't yeah. want that to be the ringmaster. That yeah. could be one of the admins. And also, I enjoy the games these days that do more with the gym leader characters. Generation 1, you didn't have any encounter experience with the gym leader outside mm-hmm. their gym. In Generation 8, you meet almost every gym leader outside the gym at some point. Sure. The only gym leaders that I don't particularly care about are the ones that are the version exclusive ones because you don't actually meet them outside their gym sure, at all. yeah. Whereas everyone else, you meet somewhere else along the way. Yeah. And also can typically rebatter them later. I I'd want you to be able to re-challenge this gym and its leader as well. So mm. I'm thinking that this leader and perhaps their section of grunts end yeah. up having a heel face turn. Oh, I like that. This particular gym leader ends up turning around and becomes some kind of ethical circus at the end. I don't know <laughs> exactly how I'd... Okay, so the thing with Pokemon, you can capture them and yes. train them and have them battle for you, but it's fine as long as the Pokemon are willing to do it. Yes. And the, you care about the Pokemon and the Pokemon are your friends and they care about you. Yes. So that's sort of the difference. Mm-hmm. is the the majority of the evil team would have these Pokemon that they're just sort of forcing to do this and they don't mm. care about their Pokemon at all. Yes. And we can have them make comments like disparaging their Pokemon and being kind of mean to them yeah, and that's yeah. kind of the way you would show that. Whereas this team or like the gym center would make it more clear that they actually care about yeah. their Pokemon and have that bond. Yeah, maybe they're not really evil at any point. They're kind of like, yeah, we're part of the circus but uh... This, this is just our job. Well, some people, are do- well, no, they really enjoy it and like it, I think. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But like some, some of the other guys, they're doing some shifty stuff. I don't I don't know what's going on with them, but you know, I'm here. And then later on they feel guilty for not having called it out more. Yeah. You get to see them putting on performances where they are letting the Pokemon just highlight the things that they do. Yeah. Have and, them be like, they're doing a performance with their Pokemon. Yeah. Rather yeah. than just like having a Pokemon sort of on stage doing whatever. Yeah. While someone stands there and yells at them. Mm-hmm. But more of like, I'm doing acrobatics and me and my Pokemon are like catching each other and helping each other. Yeah. Oh, we need a name. I was gonna say before we move on we should figure out what we're calling we them. need a name i think it's a troop <laughs> that's what a circus group is called right yeah yeah i don't think we necessarily just refer to them as the such and such troop i think we call them the something circus yeah yeah cirque de sol galeo <laughs> cirque de sol rock oh that's really good but you know we can, no 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 something with star Ooh, star's good like you had rocket and Galactic. Yeah. Many villain teams are just like kind of generic noun or adjective. Yeah, yeah. Which is fine, but it needs to be something distinct and identifying. Starlight Circus. Ooh, I like that. Let me just double check that that's not a thing (laughs) that we're going to make people upset with. The Stunning Starlight Circus or other adjective that starts with S. Starlight Circus is a band? Shooting Star Circus. Ooh. 
if we go for something where I can add little stories and stuff into the aesthetic, <laughs> and I like that. It's cosmic anything. Only thing I'm thinking is it's a bit similar to Macrocosmos. Sure, yeah. Astro. See, I liked Star because it had the alliteration with Circus. Well, it should be something Circus or Circus something. I think it depends on, mm. on the thing. Circus Astro. I kind of like that. That one's alright. I... <sighs> I want one more word in there. Oh, maybe it's almost like the Darths in Star Wars, right? Where they have an alternate name. Maybe there is an alternate name where some of the grunts are like, we're team so-and-so. Oh. And like, maybe because they're using that name at some points to try and hide their association with the circus. Sure, yeah, yeah. In the same way that Team Yell call themselves Team Yell, essentially. Yeah. And then you get the team bit in there. And that could just be like Team Astro. Yeah, I like when the team is being bad, they're just like Team Astro. Astro Light Circus. Ooh. Ooh, I like that a lot. So they're the Astro Light Circus, but when they're being evil, they disguise themselves as Team Astro. Oh, no so association. So sneaky. Yeah. <laughs> so sneaky. <laughs> the Astro Light Circus disguised as Team Astro. Yeah, and that means that in the visuals, I can sort of give the circusy vibes a uh, kind of spacey leaning, mm -hmm. um, which is much more my aesthetic. That's the thing. Like when you're saying it, like the aesthetic doesn't jam with you, you can make the aesthetic whatever you want, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's certain details that you've got to have in place. Like a clown, you want to have a red nose. Yeah. And I just really don't like clowns, I think is the thing. That's what it comes Nobody down to. Nobody likes clowns. That's why they're such a good target for being a villain. Yeah. Yeah, and I understand that. Like, here's the thing. Fine. Who's everyone's favourite pop culture clown? Um, Ronald McDonald. The Joker. Oh. <laughs> I forgot he's a clown. Yeah. Batman's main villain. One of the most popular comic book villains of all time. Probably the most popular comic sure, book villain of yeah, all time. Yeah, yeah. So now we've got the villain team established, we'll come up with more of their interactions as we come up with the towns and the routes and where you'll find them and how they would fit into that. Yeah. We've got them in place, but for now, we can move on to the ultimate goal of the Astrolite Circus. Mm -hmm. The legendary Pokemon they'll be finding as we go to Who's That Pokemon? have a version mascot mm -hmm. and there'll be some kind of legendary Pokemon that I think Team Astro will be seeking and probably they'll be the ones they capture but there'll be another more elusive Pokemon that they'll be trying to catch but they yeah. can't quite get and that's a Pokemon that's never been seen yeah. you know like like there's like some fuzzy footage of it mm. that someone got a picture of one time and that's it very elusive and mysterious but would be a grand spectacle if they could put it on display in the yeah. circle people will pay money to see this Pokemon mm -hmm. because like no one has seen it before we're making a Bigfoot Pokemon it's Bigfoot. So there have been like abominable snowmen uh -huh. before in Abomus Snow and even Crabominable. There have been, there's not really been like a Yeti, a Sasquatch. Mm. Yeah. A Bigfoot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's like slacking has a similar kind of vibe, but yeah. like that's a, that's just a big sloth. What are the key features for a Bigfoot Pokemon? Big feet. Yeah. <laughs> So the main thing I'm thinking here, I thought of this when I was thinking about the idea of choice and I was thinking about different directions because we've got north and south. So what about the different directions you take in life? What about a Pokemon that can't decide in its direction? It just wanders mm -hmm. through the woods, out yeah. of sight. That's yeah. where I got the Bigfoot from. Yeah. What does it look like? Because Bigfoot has a look. Bigfoot has a look. But we can't just do that. Yeah. So important factors, you know, so that is recognizably Bigfoot. Yeah. But it'll still be stylized as Pokemon. Yes. Big feet. Of course. Bipedal. 
Mm. Very furry. Yes. Those are kind of like your baseline Bigfoot mm-hmm. qualifiers. Yes. Anything other than that is, uh, is fair game. Yeah. Like it's typically betrayed with like a sort of simian face. Yeah. But we can play around with that a bit. Yeah, that's not a must. I almost like it having like indistinct features to an extent. Mm. Just <laughs> covered in hair. Um, I like the idea that like it doesn't just look blurry in footage. No, if you just look at this thing, it's just kind of blurry. It's just kind of blurry. Is um, it brown? Probably. That um, feels kind of boring. Yeah, but that's the thing. We could change the color up. Yeah. And something that I think will have a big impact on what it looks like is what kind of type it is. Mm. So what I was thinking about in regards to this Pokemon is can sort of either become invisible mm. or sort of disappear from sight mm. or do some kind of blending in. Th- like it easily hides itself. Mm. Maybe it blends in with the shadows. Like yeah. make, I don't know if that would be dark type or... It could be. A general invisibility thing could be done anywhere. Like Vaporeon had a thing about being able sure. to turn invisible. Fair enough. My initial instinct, and I had a type in mind when I first came up with this concept. Mm-hmm. My interest is to go normal ghost. Ooh, okay, yeah, yeah, no, because ghost works with ghost that. Ghost work, absolutely of... works with the invisibility thing. But also, it's just it's a normal creature in the woods. It's not literally a ghost, but it's ghostly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it sort of, like, flickers in yeah. and out of perception. Mm. Normal ghost is a really cool type. It's never been done before. It's a really interesting type to do for a legendary Pokemon in particular. Mm. It would only be weak to dark type moves. Oh. It would be immune to both of its own types. Ooh. Because normal is immune to ghost and ghost is immune to normal. Yeah. It's a weird mesh. It is. In a really cool way. And that lends itself really well to this sort of ethereal creature Mm -hmm. that is sometimes there, sometimes isn't. Maybe it was a trick of the light. Mm. Sort of disappearing behind the trees and you only, you know, maybe you think you saw something, but Mm. you can't be sure. Ghost feels really good for that. Mm. So, like, vibe-wise, that makes me lean more paler colors. Kind of looks like it's lit by moonlight. Mm. It also gives me purple in mind. I was thinking purple, but like a pale purple. Sure. Like a sort of nighttime. Lavendery. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. With some darker tones in there yeah. as well. Maybe like lighter up top, darker at the bottom. I like that. Fur kind of sort of heavy in places, mm. but in other places kind of wispy. Mm. You know? Sure. Little, little bits kind of wisping up. Its face has got to be friendly. Yes. You don't necessarily see its face a lot. When it's seen from a distance, you definitely can't make out its face. You'd have to get up close enough to see its face. Mm-hmm. But then its face, oh, it's a friendly creature. It's not yes. like a spooky ghost that's trying to get you. It yeah. just wants to do its own thing. Maybe it has like a, like a sharp tooth or or something but like not in a threatening way yeah to tie in with the big feet thing mm. it probably gets some like kicking moves yeah mega kick sure we need a name okay bigfoot words but we've got loads of words bigfoot sasquatch yeti yeah sasquatch feels strong to me because sasquatch feels like it can go really well with some ghosty type words okay. like specter there's a lot of s's there like spec spook yeah i think i like the sass more than the squatch sasquatch is a weird word it probably has native american roots judging mm. by the sound of it got that q sound sasquatch Ooh, we could also do something with skookum, which I believe is a Native American word, which can mean a few different things. It could mean strong or monstrous, but I've definitely seen it as a word meaning Bigfoot. Yeah, looking it up, it looks like it actually originated as a word in Chinook Wawa. Apologies if I messed up that pronunciation. Or Chinook Pigeon, which is like a simplified language that would be used for trading between people speaking different languages, whether that's different Native American languages or other European languages from people coming. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, that's that's kind of even more interesting because it's, it's much more specifically rooted in the Pacific Northwest in the history of that area. 
to like spook them. In the surviving Chinook Wawa spoken in the Grand Ronde, Oregon, mm. this variant is pronounced differently. Skookoom. Mm. Spookoom. Spookoom. Get that toom in there too. And you, just, you just write it out as the oom rather yeah, than the um. Yeah. Spookoom. Sure. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the Spookoom. <laughs> I think that might be it. Yeah. I guess like spookum as a word is also just like a generic, you know, spirits and spookums mm. kind of thing. And then you get that, that skookum. Something that I wanted to do with a lot of this regional stuff is like, I want to get some Native American mm-hmm. stuff in here. It's not represented in media often enough, but yeah, I want to bring that in if I can. Yeah. Where it's appropriate and respectful, we want to honor Native American traditions and history. Yeah. So the only other thing I'd want to talk about for Spookum are our abilities. Yeah. I always feel like one of its abilities should be run away, but that's kind of a terrible ability for a legendary Pokemon. <laughs> it doesn't have to be like that. A lot of legendary encounters have done that thing where you encounter them and then if you don't like catch them immediately, they, they just they disappear. Run. Yes. Yeah. I think that would definitely be the case. It's a, yeah. it's a wandering Pokemon. I'm thinking of this, it would be the third version mascot, essentially. Yes, it's the Rayquaza, yeah. it's the it's the Giratina, it's the Kyurem, yeah. etc. It's, it's the one that's in both versions. Yes. Almost like Suicune, really. Suicune was mm. originally a wandering Pokemon. I'm looking to see if there's any abilities from the past that would work for it. Anything you would want it to do as an ability that you can't think of being an ability already. A high evasive something? like, But I think that might just be stats more than an ability. Sure, it can be its moves thing, but also the mascots in Sword and Shield. Mm. They each have an ability where they come into play and they just boost a stat. Neat. Like one of them boosts its attack stat, the other boosts its defense stat. Mm. So it could just be it comes in and boosts its evasion. Sure. So like looking through abilities so far, names that we jump at are like Wandering Spirit. Sure. Which is Runarigus's signature ability. It's a little weird. It's like Kofragrigus had the ability Mummy where if a Pokemon hit it, it would give them Mummy and then Mummy will like spread. Wandering Spirit is similar where if a Pokemon hits it, they then swap abilities. So the Pokemon that <laughs> used the attack will now have Wandering Spirit and then Runarigus, or in our case Vukum, will now have that Pokemon's ability. Okay. It's weird, uh, but why not? Yeah, no, that, that feels fittingly sort of, it's just like trying things. Yeah. It doesn't know what it wants. Yeah. Yeah, I just like this is the wandering Pokemon. Yeah, that's also really fitting name-wise. At yeah, least. and also as a hidden ability, I also kind of really like Gorilla Tactics playing into like the monkeyish sort of side of sure, sure. of it, and the side where if it gets angry, it gonna hit back. Yeah, that's Galarian Darmanitan's signature ability, <laughs> where it acts like a choice band, which means its attack is doubled, but it can only use one move with okay. without switching out. Basically, sure. I was thinking about an ability that maybe brought on Miss. Terrain. Sure. So Misty Terrain is a fairy type effect where it can halve the power of dragon type moves and stop Pokemon from getting status conditions like sleep and poison. Mm-hmm. Which could be fun if this is something that's going to run away when you're trying to catch it. That would make yeah. it really difficult to catch if mm. you can't also put it to sleep or what have you. So my thought on that is it's less of a thing for the Pokemon itself and more about its environment. Like if you send this out into battle with someone in a city, yeah. that doesn't quite fit. But in game, Pokemon have effects all the time. The wild area is littered with various weather effects, including fog, which is represented by misty terrain. Yeah, I think probably that's the better direction to yeah. go with that, have it be the Just areas... When you encounter it, yeah. this effect takes place. So to 
summarize. Today we've made our villain team, the Astrolite Circus, who masquerade as Team Astro. Mm. An evil circus who want to exploit Pokemon for profit and be the only entertainment in Alsea. Yeah. And their ultimate goal is to capture the mysterious, elusive Spookoom, a Bigfoot, Sasquatch-inspired Pokemon that's a normal ghost type. So, thank you for listening to Pokemakers. And thank you to the Pocket Podcast Network for hosting us. You can find other cool shows on the network, such as... Green Mountain Mysteries. Ghoul Tank. And our other show, Sorted. Our theme music is by Mike Freitag. You can find him on Twitter at Admiral Amara. You can also find us on Twitter at Pokemakers. Tweet at us if you have any ideas or suggestions, particularly for the names of our ringmaster and the other admins of Team Astro and the Astrolite Circus. And you can also find us both individually on Twitter. I'm at Pichu, P-T-C-H-E-W. And I'm at Codename JD. And until next time, gotta Gotta make them all. Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket. Hey, I'm Lachlan. And I'm a Jay. We're just two dudes who love ghosts, goblins, ghouls, and monsters so much that we've decided to create our own. Well, how about you give me an example? How do you feel about an electric boy who can only move on subway tracks? Or a sparkly light-up manatee who lives in the deep ocean? Or maybe a hairy office snack thief who uses his extra-long arms to steal lunches? You know what? That sounds pretty good to me. Well, you can hear about all these things and more on The Ghoul Tank. Find us every other Friday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you can download podcasts. Join us in our journey to create the next big cryptid.